Why am I spell checking my own name? Come on, Jason. <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. Pull yourself together. <laughs> I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. Raising good humans, take one. Like there's going to be multiple takes or something like that. But I, I, I mean, how many takes do you think we're going to need? I, I don't know. If it ends up going corrupt or we lose the file, it could be a lot of takes. All right. Well, I suppose take one is a good place to start. Just take one. Let's do it. Okay, so we just got done doing our little outline like we do, right? Totally and wrong. I we we it was probably one of the fastest outlines we've gone through, and it's mm-hmm. because of this book, right? I would agree. So, raising good humans, Dylan, right? I think this was yep. your your suggestion, right? So yeah. It's, it's Hunter Clark Fields. Hunter Clark Fields. Yep. M S A E, and I don't know what that. I'm sure that's like some educational or psychology or I don't know. I I couldn't track it down, but I didn't try that hard. So I, <laughs> I, 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 need, I need to do more research. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I've put a lot of thought into this, this book summary. And this book summary comes down to it. You could have retitled this, the Zen, the Zen art of parenting right maybe so, that title was taken maybe maybe it was maybe it was <laughs> but but hunter hunter clark fields uh absolutely killed it right and in, in bringing this book together right so a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind humans confident or kind raising kind confident kids right um and that's exactly what this book and this book breaks down to two parts right mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and the, the first part is is the zen side of things right? sure yeah mm-hmm. i don't even i don't remember what they call it but it's the the zen side of things and it's, it's foundational work for you as a parent what what do you, yeah. and that's that's not just like one part it's half the book <laughs> yes no it's it's so the first part one is breaking the cycle of reactivity and then part two is raising kind confident kids right mm-hmm. um and this book does that i uh, i'm reading this book and i'm like i like parenting books mm-hmm. like I, I feel like we've we've read a lot of parenting books i've read yeah, we've read, a few. Books. yeah. We've, we've read a few we've read a lot of parenting books and i'm like oh yeah no i i like parenting books i really anything hunter clark fields wants to do i'll i'll read like this was a this was a solid book she also um hosts the mindful mama podcast and uh she is on youtube she has a lot of clips from her podcast there and other videos she's got almost 700 youtube videos a few thousand subscribers so So if you if you wanted her is that what yeah absolutely yeah 
<laughs> if you'd like to get looking. some of this in a uh like a you know maybe if you're a youtube fan and you want some of this in a form that's more digestible for you then youtube or or yes. her podcast might be a good way to go for sure yes mm -hmm. yeah no this is this is this is a great book and you know i so as i was reading the book a couple things had come to mind and one of the first things that came to mind was had you read the book before are you asking me if yeah. I had read the book? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. I, no. I suggested this is your first time yeah. out. My first time out, I suggested okay. this book. It, it felt like it had a good vibe to it. Um, well, I, how does that feel like as a good vibe? You just like the, the pretty colors on the title of the book? Or? No, no. It was, it was actually specifically like the subtitle. It was talking about breaking the cycle of reactive yes. parenting. And I've always come back to, I found in my, in my own parenting and in conversations that I've had with other parents, that oftentimes the tools that we bring to any job right? Or what other people have taught us. Well, we didn't, most people that I know didn't go take a, a parenting class from a parenting guru who is a parenting expert with a degree in parenting and a master's in parenting. Um, we got everything that we know about parenting from our from parents. Uh, yeah. And from <laughs> other parents and then our own mess ups, right? So the idea, the, the explicit connection saying like, yeah, you, you, the parent you are right now, yeah, yeah you're, you. <laughs> you're a product of your own parents. And if you like that, cool. If you want to do something different than what your parents did or than what you're doing right now, this book is for you. This, That's what brought me yeah. to this book. It had to do with breaking the cycle, which which gives us to me what that feels like is taking control yeah. over our own parenting story and how yeah. we want to raise our kids to be their best happy selves. And, and really, it like it helps me. It helped me see this this the Zen side of parenting because it what the, the surprise as I'm reading this is, and this was not planned. Um, mm -hmm. with the, but the surprise was that it tied the tied back to the last book in a and not a not so weird way. I was gonna say a weird way, but it's not so weird way. So Tatnak Khan is mentioned throughout the first part of the book. Oh heavily. yeah, all the time, all heavily. the time. Mm -hmm. I even want to say that um, uh, she went and took like a class with him or something. She like that. sure did. Yep. Yeah, like like. Oh, and I, I was shocked. I'm like, hold on a second. We didn't plan this. We no, not at all. Completely, <laughs> like, uh, completely accidental. Completely that, accidental. Fir that first of all, these books were connected at all. Yes. Never mind that we would end up reading and reviewing them uh, one right after the other. Just complete stroke yes. of luck. But uh, it ended up working out really good because that that work, that reading that we did, I was, we were even talking before the show about how a lot of the stuff that I read in Raising Good Humans, I kind of have a, a I almost felt like I had a head start on yes. because of You Are Here, the previous yeah. book that we had reviewed. Um, and they, I've already talk, started to apply those. Yeah. And they talk mindfulness. They talk about, you mm -hmm. know, and, and You Are Here, it was talking about mindfulness walking, but um, in in raising good humans they talk about like mindfully eating a raisin 
And yeah, they, that's a, they, that she has these activities spread throughout the book. Yeah. That, and some of them are really mindfulness focused. Some of them are really parenting and problem solving focused. But what she does through this book is she helps you connect the dots between yeah. mindfulness and parenting. And then how do we take all these ideas of mindfulness and identifying and regulating our own emotions and now start to apply that to the parenting task and to managing that relationship um, and staying connected to our kids in a way that's going to help them be their best selves. So this book helps connect those dots in a really thoughtful and intentional way. And I would even go as far to say that not only does it help connect the dots between, you know, mindfulness and parenting, but I think it, it helped connect the dots um, from what other books talk about. Yeah, I would agree. Right? And this is not to bash any other parenting book. Oh, what sure. This is about is uh, how this book started off. Like it caught me hook, line and sinker. Right. The whole fact is it was all about you. It wasn't about the child, really. Mm-hmm. But it was about you as a parent. And we, when we've gone and read other books, it's it's there's a lot about, you know, talking to a child, a lot about, you know, creating environments. Right. I, I think about uh, hunt, gather, parent and creating mm-hmm. environment, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really go into how to create the environment necessarily, just that you're, you're creating the environment. What I really liked about raising good humans is it talks about this Zen side of things, and it makes me want to go back and look at Hunt Gather Parent again and go, okay, how do I, what type of person do I need to be to create this environment that I want? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing a lot of hand motions <laughs> these are excited hand motions folks yeah absolutely well and you know it's funny because you talked about hunt gather parent and i had been thinking about that too and it's almost like hunt gather parent um it's it's like if if parents already had these skills this is what parenting would look like and it looks like hunt gather parent right you've got the example of the woman i think in south america who's raising five kids and the little kid he, he's got to go to school he needs to get his shoes on yes and the 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 mom is like hey it's time for you to get your shoes on and he wanders off and does something else quietly she calmly. Do- yep she does not yell she does not shout she does not punish she regulates her own emotions. And of course, by then she's so, she's already so mindful. She knows that this is not about her. This is about the kid having a hard time waking up, right? She reflects on his feelings and she's patient with him, which we can't be patient if we're flying off the handle, screaming at kids so that we can get to their gymnastics practice two minutes earlier they're so nine can, years old yeah, so down. we can get out the house to right go. and we have yeah. this checklist mentality and we have oftentimes an arbitrary schedule where the penalty for being an extra two to five minutes out the door if you think about it the penalty for that for wherever you're going to arrive 
is probably not a bigger penalty than yelling at your kid and the damage and stress that's going to cause you in your life. It's probably not worth it. Even school. Yes, school. I am a teacher. I want kids to be on time, but I would rather my kid be late than arrive crying and unable to learn. And those things have happened. I would prefer the patient parent that doesn't have the mind, mindless mentality that gets that their kid needs an extra minute to find their shoes instead of screaming at them. Or are worried that they're going to get in trouble. Worried yes. that they're, yeah. they're, they don't, they're going to hide something mm-hmm. because they don't want to, to get in trouble. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not the environment we want. Right. Yes. This book even talks specifically about um, like overuse or uh, misapplied um, punishment or or yeah. I might even argue, quote unquote, properly applied punishments. Ultimately, the goal is that you don't punish your kids is what I think we should strive for. But um, the downsides of punishment, she reviews them, right? Resentment, sometimes psychological damage in extreme cases. Um, kids become self-centered. They will lie to get out of trouble. You can't yep. correct behavior you don't know about. They will sneak around, right? Uh, they lack cooperation. And it usually doesn't teach what, what the child should do and to help them problem solve. Yes, It just teaches them that I should not do this because mommy or daddy will get mad and painful consequences will follow as opposed to let's have a conversation about what damage your actions as the child have caused the family or me or your friend or your brother or your sister. How can we make that whole how can we make that right and how can we prevent that from happening in the future. None of that requires a punishment. Well, yeah. And so if you're teaching your child to avoid, right. And, Mm -hmm. and like, oh, well, I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're right. You didn't do that, but you were smart enough to not do that. Yeah. And you knew what you were doing. And that's not what you want. You want this, this open dialogue and you want to be like, you want to talk about what's going on Mm -hmm. and you can't have that if there if that fear is there and you know i know there's probably some parents in the audience who will listen to this and think well you know you don't know my kid or you don't know this kid that i have to deal with <laughs> and i totally get that i i have been a teacher for almost a decade i've dealt with hundreds literally hundreds of kids and so here's what i can tell you if you think that you're dealing with a kid that's such a hard case that having a conversation with them it that you can't do it then that is work that you as the adult need to start is re and i i don't i'm trying to not steal your points from later on but (laughs) you need to you need to build that relationship and you can't do it by screaming at the kid that's that's not going to get you anywhere punishing the kid that's not going to get you anywhere so while I'm, I think I'm not saying, you know, you're, you're going to need to make your decisions as a parent, but this book is telling you to do them mindfully, to acknowledge that you're not a perfect person, that maybe you didn't have perfect role models. And even if you did, um, 
you're still going to make mistakes. Forgive yourself for those mistakes and work on managing and regulating your own internal environment so that you can be the best parent or mentor or teacher or whatever, or auntie or grandma or whatever that's possible for the kids in your life. And, and I think, you know, I think it's something you said as we were talking about this book is the first half of the book really helps you figure out how to get your ish together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. And that's what I really liked about, but I think that's really what captured me in this book is it wasn't about that first half wasn't about this is, this is what you, uh, you need, how you need to talk to your child. Right. It was about, mm-hmm. this is what you need to do so you can be calm and, and talk to your child in the right way. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like that. It's, it's that, it's that figuring your, your ish out. Also, I, I think we should go and like, we should come up with our own because we don't swear on this podcast, right? <laughs> we could come up with like, you know how how Battlestar Galactica came up with their, I think it was frack. Yes, frack. Yes. Do we need do we need our own quasi cursing lingo? I uh, you, you know the the daughter the bean she told me today she told me she said yummy in your booty is a potty word. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah, we, we had a conversation about potty words today. This kind of got off track from what we're talking about, but a little, but, but it's relevant conversation (laughs) about, (laughs) well, but, but back to what you were saying, right? The first half of the book is really about dealing with your own issues. What tools, what background, what baggage, frankly, are you bringing to the parenting task already? So it opens with mindfulness. How can we become more mindful? She talks about meditation and other uh, ways of being mindfulness, uh, ways of being mindful. If you want more on that, you can uh, check out the book or you can listen to our last podcast. It was basically all about mindfulness. Um, but uh, then it well, goes okay, in. You should check. To, you should listen to the last podcast. I gifted. Yes. I gifted that book. Right. Uh-huh. After like my my dad just had his, his birthday. I gifted it to him. I'm like, mm-hmm. you need to read this, not raising good humans, but you need to read. <laughs> you, you need, need this read. parenting book, dad. Yeah. <laughs> I would tell him he needs to read raising good humans now because that it ties back. Sure. To, to you are here. Mm-hmm. Right? I, yeah, there's, there's just something about how this, this book was structured that helps you figure out your own ish. Then I'll well, say that for- I'll say that, um, the one thing it helped me realize, you know, as I'm reading this book, like I have this trigger thing where I get frustrated mm-hmm. and, you know, I got a four-year-old, right? So yeah. there's, there's a level of understanding here, but it doesn't mean I, I'm not going to get frustrated, but it's when we're at dinner and I'm, I'm talking to the wife and I'm, you know, we're talking about the day and the conversation is not what the bean wants to talk about. So she will interrupt me and be like, or tell me to stop talking or, you know, try to change the subject. And, you know, it's like, no, mommy Mm -hmm. and daddy are are talking right now. This is what we're, this is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And 
it's like, oh, you're you're not going to listen to me. So I now have this this <laughs> this trigger that I'm well aware of. It's like, okay, let me find my Zen moments here so mm-hmm. we can we can have conversations about listening. You get it. You're you're four. You want to watch your show, you want to read your book, you want to play Dorothy or whatever it is you know Mm -hmm. but you know listening still needs to happen and finding that calm and that zen absolutely um, and i'll tell you this this book really helps me kind of identify that and you know well and also you know that that listening bit the the mindful listening is kind of like number five of the eight core skills. So the uh, the eight core skills that she kind of unpacks in the book are mindfulness, a- awareness of your own story. How did you get to become a parent? What kind of family life did you have growing up? And then self-compassion, taking care of difficult feelings. Then we get into the parenting skills of mindful listening, speaking skillfully, mindful problem solving and then supporting your peaceful home is yeah. kind of the last chapter and it's all laid out in those chapters but those first four are really your own work and you have to do that work you have for for you to be able to be a mindful listener and actually listen to understand you have to not be in an escalated emotional state yeah. When we're in an escalated emotional state, when you're ticked off about what that the whatever thing, the whatever your child, not, not even related yeah. to your child, maybe. Correct. Right? Yeah. It could be that you are coming off of a nasty day at work or you're hungry or you're yeah. tired, tired. She describes, in fact, um, anger. I, I have a scribble that nobody at home can see. Um, was, that describes... an iceberg? was that an iceberg? Yeah, anger? that's the that's the iceberg. Are, of are anger. we doing are we is it iceberg of anger? Are you going to send me another picture to post on the social? Dylan's... I can I can send you another Dylan, scribble. Yeah. Are we going to do like Dylan's drawings? Are we going to have like a whole dedicated like it's, its own website there you go wednesday is <laughs> dylan drawings wednesday. wednesdays is dylan's drawings but but anger is just the tip of the iceberg right underneath that is fear exhaustion rejection criticism embarrassment stress and stress is a huge bucket right because stress can include anything that has gone wrong in your day that is contributing to that and that's what brings us to that point where we don't feel like we have the patience or I hear parents talk all the time. My kid knows how to push my buttons. And I'm no. sorry if you, if you've ever said this, no kid, kids are, kids are kids. You made it Your, easy for if, them to push when, buttons. when you come to the conversation already tilted, already upset, yes. and you have it in your head that your kid knows how to push your buttons when they are five years old, trust me, they don't. They're just being kids. And you, this is a prime example. If you find yourself talking that way, it might be a sign that you need to do a little bit of mindfulness work on your own to get to the point where you can react with equanimity and curiosity and listening so that you can get to the depth of the behavior. All, All behavior that kids do has some kind of underlying cause. And because they're kids, the chain of logic is not 
always very logical. Um, and for us to get to the bottom of that, we have to be mindful, we have to be controlled, we have to ask questions, and we have to not be flying off the handle yelling at our kids because that won't get us anywhere. It won't. It won't get us anywhere when they're four. It won't get us anywhere when they're 14. No, absolutely not. 13? Thir mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. Older. But she covers, she covers those are the, the like eight skills. But the first four of them are totally yeah. work that you need to do to kind of find your zen, in your words, Jason, uh, find your it, zen so that you can be the parent you want to be. It, it's got to be finding that Zen. It's got to mm -hmm. be. And I, I think the only reason I, I'm saying Zen is because it's, you know, Takna Khan was, <laughs> was talked about uh, in the prior book, you know, our, mm -hmm. our, our good friend, you know, the Dalai Lama. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The DL. <laughs> yeah. It may or may not work. I'm not sure. Yeah. Keeping the DL on the DL. On the um, DL. Yeah. Is it, is it dad joke time? What time is we it? We could do it. I got a, I got a dad joke. We could do a dad joke. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Okay. Do you want to, do you want to break the ice with your dad joke? I'll, I'll break the ice. You got it. What is a shark's favorite sandwich? Ooh, what is a shark's favorite sandwich? Peanut butter and jellyfish. <laughs> <laughs> you got one for us? Did you uh, hear recently? that scientists were finally able to weigh a rainbow. It was weigh pretty light. Pretty light. pretty light. I get it. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Pretty, pretty, pretty light. light. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to use that one with my daughter. She loves rainbows. That'll be perfect. You know, it's rainbow. It's <laughs> science-y. You know. It is, yeah. You know. It's pretty light. Yeah. You could put it on <laughs> the, You could put it on the classroom board as a riddle. Absolutely. What is the weight of a rainbow? <laughs> what is the weight of calculate the weight of a rainbow? If if E equals MC squared, calculate the weight of a rainbow. <laughs> Anyone who can tell me what the weight of a rainbow is <laughs> gets an A plus in this riddle. My my class, uh, I've, uh, they would enjoy that. I think that they would bend their minds. I'm curious as to what kind of answers I would get. <laughs> I say you put it up there and then you report I'll give it out. a shot. There what, you go. What kind of answers are you going to get out of this? <laughs> um so what's that one thing? This is a hard question and I get that. Mm -hmm. Right? But we, you know, we try to boil it down. Yeah. But what's that one thing? that resonated from you in this book if if i did have to take it down to one thing it's that i appreciate the explicit connection the author made here between our our old wounds our past traumas uh, even stuff that we lived through as kids those can be triggers for poor parenting decisions if, if we grew up and felt like uh, we weren't listened to or we weren't respected, that can be flashing through in the background uh, as we're shouting at our kids for perceived disrespects or perceived times when they weren't listening to us. And that, that momentum, that internal momentum 
can take control of our parenting decisions and make us parents that we're not proud to be um, and cause us to do things that can really cause us to uh, not like ourselves as parents. This book also points out that you're not perfect and you're going to make mistakes too, but you, it's up to you to work through those old wounds, to, to put them behind you so that you can move forward and be the parent that you really want to be. Yeah, it's, you know, and kind of piggybacking on that, it's, mm-hmm. there are, there's times, I mean, you're not going to read this book and, you know, never talk sternly to your child again. No, you got to do right? the work. And even when you do the work, you, you'll, you'll make progress and there's still something's going to happen. Yep. And you're going to talk sternly to your child again. And that just means you have some more work to do and that's mm-hmm. perfectly fine, but we're, we're parents and we're, we're humans. Um, I think most of our listeners are humans. Um, Pretty uh, sure for yeah. now, anyway, for we're, now. we're looking at expanding the market. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of advancements <laughs> in AI right now. There so, are indeed. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, I think when I think about that, the, that one thing is not only just doing this, the work, but the fact that when you slip up, you know, it gives you this, this ability. There was this whole thing in the book about, um, is it iMessage? I messages, yeah, versus yeah. you messages, yep. Yeah, so mm-hmm. when you're talking about following up with your child and, you know, you're not happy with what they're doing, right, it talks about phrasing it as an I message. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I feel, I feel upset, right, mm-hmm. um, and just going through that kind of that messaging and i i've used this since reading the book and going through that messaging with the bean it it helps me helps reconnect Mm -hmm. and that whole reconnection was like one of those things we're gonna slip up we're gonna make mistakes you you can't you can't beat yourself up because you made a mistake but what you can do is you can you can put it in a way that tells your child how you're feeling and not in a way that it's like your child is the the worst thing since sliced bread is sliced bread a bad thing but yeah you can't <laughs> you can't you can't put it that way so i think uh that that connection was really a really a thing that that helps me in this book because you have a four-year-old that's, that's learning and listening is new and feelings Mm -hmm. are new and, you know, uh, someone that will look at me and go, daddy, I'm mad. Mm -hmm. Daddy, I'm frustrated. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't like the way you talk to me. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's talk about this. Let's have this. Let's have this conversation. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I really, I think, I, I speak really highly of this, but this book, I think every, everyone should read. But uh, just those I messages, and then dealing with your old wounds, like you said, is, 
is where it's got to be. Yeah. Uh, she she includes Hunter includes some some mantras in here, and some of these are paraphrased, and some of these are pretty close mantras to or mon- mantras mantras mom? Manta, manta mom? Rays? mantras 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 mom mantras mom things moms. that things that you say to yourself. How's that? Um, but um, <laughs> an acknowledgement that you can do is just that being a child is hard. Right, being, your kid's yes. having a meltdown. Your kid's having yes. a tantrum. Your kid's freaking out. Being a child is hard. Being a child is hard. Just saying that to yourself can help you control your your feelings of panic or embarrassment. If your kid is having is freaking out, having a tantrum, they are a child. I find that I have to remind sometimes other teachers about this <laughs> when they're <laughs> when they're like having a hard time. Like I don't know why they don't understand this thing, and so it's like, and I do it nicely because these are these are my friends. And <laughs> you don't just drop that bomb in the teacher's no, lounge and walk out. No, child's I, hard. What, the way I usually frame it, it is, I say sometimes I have to remind myself yeah. that they're nine years old. Right, that's the way I'll usually frame it yeah. in that situation. Um, I am a beacon of patience, right? It's kind of like saying I am exactly as strong as I need to be to make it through this moment. Um, Time is not real. When you're feeling in a rush, when you're feeling behind, time is not real. We can take a second. It's okay that this is going to take an extra minute for them to get their shoes on. And you know what you can do next time? Start earlier, right? Like, you have control over your reaction as an adult. You have to take that initiative and have that maturity. Um, and you, then you should have control. You should. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one that's on here is, can I let this go? Do I have to have a reaction to this? My, uh, uh, my dad, who was a great dad, but there were a few things that definitely got on his nerves. One of them was me not pulling my socks all the way up so sometimes (laughs) like picture like a lazy saturday or sunday afternoon the the chores are already done i've been running around and um or even i've been you know camped up inside all day long reading books or whatever it was i did when i was that age but my socks would slip down And they would like hang off the end of my feet. And there would be like these floppy sock ends off the end of my toes. Oh, yeah. My dad hated it. And he would, I I wouldn't go so far as to say that he would yell at me. But when you're a little kid, it kind of feels like when your parents are talking to you about (laughs) stuff like that, it feels like they're yelling at you. But it, it, that's what that reminds me of. And I think about that every time, like there's a small infraction can I let this go? Do I need to say anything? Or I'll often go the direction of, okay, I'm feeling like maybe I can't let this go. Can I correct this in a playful way? Right. And the book even talks about that, like, like playing a role or being silly as a communication tool um, to, get like playfully setting limits um, in order to get uh, you're almost offering kids an opportunity to participate in your in your game right 
it, it, as a way to get them to do what they want, what, what you really want them to do. It's, it's a fun way of thinking about it. And I do use those tools uh, with my kids in the classroom and, and here at home as well, quite frequently as well. Like, it's one thing to say, like, Hey, did you take the recycling out? And, and it's, that's different than, Oh no, clatter, clang, bang. Oh no. I, I help, help. My can has fallen and I can't pick it up. Right. And just, just putting on a character and being ridiculous and kids will get the message and they laugh and they roll their eyes, and then you know what they do next? They take out the recycling. And I haven't had to do any corrections. Sounds like you speak from experience. Yes. <laughs> right? So try try those things on. She's got a great list of communication tools yeah. as well. But to be able to use those competently, you got to be in control. You can't yeah. be throwing the recycling across the room saying, I can't believe this is the 12th time this week I've had to remind you of X, Y, Z. That that's not the way forward. It, you know, when you're talking about this, the other thing this brings to mind is, as I read this book, there's a lot of coaching things that came up for me in mm -hmm. here. And as yeah, you're talking, about, you're, you're talking about naming it, right? Mm -hmm. You're naming, you're naming this issue, mm -hmm. right? And you're, but this that mantra is a, a naming thing, right? It's hard. It's hard to be you know, nine. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to learn new things and you're, you're, you're naming the issue and you're, you're reminding yourself of that. And as I read this book, there was a lot of those types of things that showed up as far yep. as, is coaching. It's just like, Oh yeah, we're, we gotta, we gotta do these things and we gotta treat each other and ourselves. Right. With, mm -hmm. you know, with kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's how we get through it. And and the book also I recognizes it that it's 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 hard to bring your your best, most kindest self to a parenting situation where you are pissed off. Um, and and that's why that is exactly why the first half of this book is about working on you. Um I I don't know why it reminded me of this and it's not, it's not a parenting related thing whatsoever, <laughs> but I remember being a, a, a new leader and uh, I was told, uh, so if you know, someone smokes uh, before you do their, their, you know, quarterly review or year end review, mm. you know, ask them if they want a cigarette before art right yeah mm -hmm. um because that's a it's a stress reliever for them they're, they're coming yeah. in with their their nicotine fix mm -hmm. right um but the other other advice i was given was you know don't be afraid to to take a break in the review process mm -hmm. right if it's not going well or it's just long and everybody's tired just you know hey why don't we why don't we break and we can reconvene on this Mm -hmm. right and that goes to kind of controlling the thing right yeah and that's something you can do as parents that, you know why don't we just take a break we're both absolutely upset. we're both upset with each other right now why don't we just take a break and we'll calm down and we'll come back to this and we'll approach it differently 
Absolutely. I don't know if I'd go tell your four-year-old to go smoke, but why don't you go have have a cigarette? (laughs) But you make a good point that, that Hunter also brings up in the book is she advocates for thinking, really being really mindful, thoughtful about, okay, this was a stressful situation. Was anyone tired? Was anyone hungry? Because instantly, and with adults, and especially with kids, if you're checking one of those boxes, the kid's not going to be at their best. It's usually if a kid is having an emotional reaction at school, one of the first questions Mm -hmm. I ask is, what time did you get to bed last night? How did you rest last night? Did something happen at home? Right? Because nine times out of 10, if this is a change in behavior for them, it's because they didn't get to bed until late or they got woke up in the middle of the night or something happened at the apartment complex, whatever it was. Right? So just, you know, you use the analogy of the cigarette, but you know, even if your kid doesn't sleep, (laughs) sleep is the new cigarette. Uh, Apparently. But, but just being mindful that if your kid hasn't eaten in, you know, three hours and you're asking them to do something that's challenging for them, you're not going to get them at their best performance. There's just no way they're not, they're not built like that. And that's one of those things you don't want to necessarily name in front of them. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're tired. Right. No, it, I'm not. That can, that can come <laughs> off. That can come off a little blamey, right? Yeah, so it can yeah, come off blamey, right? But you, you can, you, you can notice it with that. Yeah. Notice it mm-hmm. and ask some questions. Yeah. Right. But well, and also, yeah. but part of it comes back to like the, that in the moment coaching, once everyone has calmed down, just like I do with, with my fourth graders, like, Hey, um, you're acting a little out of sorts, you know, normally, or like when this happened yesterday, you didn't have this big reaction. Is something going on? Are you feeling sleepy? Did something happen at school? Right? Did something happen with your sibling? And, and it can be part of the problem of unpacking it. And what's even more powerful, Jason, than telling them that they're acting this way because they're tired, what's way more effective is walking them to it on their own Yes, through your questioning, Yes, right? Because if they come up- Let let them name it. Yes, once they start naming it, if they name, you know, I, I am hungry, I do need a snack, or- I didn't sleep good last night. You're giving them, you're handing them the tools that they need for regulating themselves, which is ultimately where we want them to be. And so in coaching, it's different between a a four-year-old and coaching, right? So in Mm -hmm. coaching, you may be able to directly ask, right? Mm -hmm. You know, how would you name what you're feeling right now? Right? Mm -hmm. I, I may be able to directly ask that. I may, I may, have my perception of it but i i wouldn't share it right yeah but i may ask you know that question around you know how how would you name this right Mm -hmm. and you can't really do that with a four-year-old in some cases you can with a four-year-old you can ask them how they're feeling right Mm -hmm. and you can see what you get and you can kind of talk about it but the the four-year-old's vocabulary and maybe even a 14-year-old's vocabulary on um 
emotion, right? Since there's yeah. 3,500 different words for an emotional state. And even some adults. And you have to remember that your vocabulary and your thinking machinery is not, not at its best when you're, um, when you're stressed, right? When you're already tilted, when you're upset. You've been using tilted a lot lately. Yeah. I, is, do other people use that word? Is it just me? No. Oh, I, weird. I, I don't know where it came up. I actually was just at a was the complete side note. I was just, uh, uh, I am, I'm certified in a, a tilt 365 uh, kind of personality. Yes, where you're, it's where you're angry all year round. Yeah, all right? year round. Tilted, tilt 365. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, it, so it breaks it down into to four separate categories and you kind of tilt between these, these categories. Um, but that's when every time you say tilted, that's what makes me think because that's language they would use in this this assessment that's funny yeah that's what you're hearing no tilted <laughs> tilted is from the video gaming world um and it comes from pinballs. uh from pinball machines yeah. yeah if you get mad at a pinball machine what do you do you pick it up to get the ball to go in the hole where you want it to go right and because you're angry you're upset at the game Who's and so pinball machines you know they they didn't always weigh 1700 pounds <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, even with adults, and for those of you that are interested in a good side read, uh, there's a book called Deescalate. I'll 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 double check the title. Uh, Deescalate. But basically, part the first step of deescalating a situation when people are really upset is the person who's calm. Hopefully, you yeah. needs should try should attempt to name the emotion that the other person is feeling. And by doing so, you're helping them feel seen and heard and understood. And uh, I'm pretty sure that in his book, that is like the first step in the de-escalation um, kind of uh, procedure is to actually name the emotion to the best of your ability. With are we, kids, are we talking de-escalate how to calm any angry person in 90 seconds or less? Uh, that's the one by Douglas Doug, Knoll. Douglas E. Knoll. Mm-hmm. That's the one. That is a, by the way, that's another fantastic book. It's, it's not on any of our podcast lists so far, but that's a good one. It, um, we, maybe we, maybe we, we read this, you know, we fold this in. It's like a book I'd read. It could be it could be a season three book or something like that. I would not be opposed. I, I think it's probably I'm probably due for a reread on it anyway. But at any rate, to, to get back to the point is that with little kids in particular, oftentimes you will need to they just won't have the language for the emotion that they're processing, yes. even if it's just like anger, like sometimes they won't even be able to speak. And sometimes you'll need to boil it down to getting just to just getting like a yes or no response yes. out of them or even just a nod or a shake or another thing that i'll do at school is i'll tell them to give me a one or a two like one if you're frustrated two if you're sad yep. right and then that that starts to give me a road roadmap for a dialogue with the child um but you can use that at home too with your own children so sometimes we get frustrated that we're asking them how they feel and maybe they're not even saying anything. I know that used to really upset me. Like, and then I'm less capable of handling 
the situation, but being able to attempt to name the feeling. And if you get it wrong, like they'll shake their head or they'll make a face or whatever. And you try something new, like it's, it's pretty rare that it makes the situation worse. In fact, I don't think I've ever uh, in 10 years of teaching had that make the situation worse, naming an emotion for a child, but it usually opens the door towards moving the conversation forward towards duh, de-escalating them and getting them to a place where they can actually do some problem solving. Yeah, and that also goes to that. Um, uh, we were talking, um, what was it? Whole brain childs, that, that connect and redirect tool in whole yep. brain childs. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about that de-escalation, that's part of that connect and redirect tool mm-hmm. is, is connecting with, you know, that side of the brain that is going on you know, and, you know, kind of redirecting and telling the story, which I want to say was another thing they talked about in this book is, is, um, telling the story and really going through the, the story and the events and things that went on and rehashing it, which is something that's come up a couple of times before in other books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to do that. For sure. Sometimes you got to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've read this book. Yeah. You know people. You know. I know people. You know parents. You know teachers. You know teachers of parents. Mm-hmm. You know parents of teachers. I do. You know, you know a, a plethora. <laughs> Good word. A veritable cornucopia. Oh, well, cornucopia. I love it. <laughs> right. So who are you who are you suggesting this book to i would suggest this book to if if you have spoken to your kid in a way that you then felt bad about if you've yelled at your kids if you said things to your kids that you knew were hurtful and you regretted them you should really read this book you really should i think this book is great for anybody who wants to make sure that they grow um, a good, positive relationship with their kids, and we can't do that, you would not keep a friend in your life, or I suppose I should say you should not, but um, that, <laughs> that, that yells oh, at oh, you, that, tells, that, that makes you feel small that makes you feel dumb or weak i hope i hope dear listener that you are better than that um so we don't i know that people want to be the best parents that they're capable of being and i think if you have ever said something that you regret or made you feel bad afterwards when you talk to your kids you should read this book because it will help you yes and it's that, and it's that reconnect part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think at any stage of your parenting cycle, and whether you're you're just an uncle, right, mm-hmm. or an, you're an aunt, you're a, a grandparent, you're you know a, a neighbor, whatever it is, right? Yeah, you, you should read this book. And it's that I feel like if you even just read the first half, mm-hmm. I would you agree. Just read the first half and stopped fine right yeah you're, you're not getting the whole picture and that's 
I, that's unfortunate, but that doing the work to become a better parent is focusing on yourself first. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's something I, I, I've, I've preached to, to teams. I've preached to, you know, individuals that if you're not able to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. right. How can you expect to give to other people? Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent. And you know that she, she even jumps in here too, with, um, the phrase reduce stress to yell less, right? You have to know yourself. You have to get your head right and be in a de-escalated state to lower your reactivity to stop so that you never get to the, so that you, it maybe not never, but so that you can avoid as much as possible getting to that point of your mom's voice coming out of your mouth or your dad's harsh language or words coming I, out I of your it. mouth. I did it today. Did you? I did it today. I, I, my dad, my dad's words came out of my mouth. Your dad's words came <laughs> out, didn't they? And as soon yep. as they came out of my mouth, I'm like, oh my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, but it's okay. And she even says, "You're you're gonna make mistakes. We all make mistakes. We're going um, to." But, but also she emphasizes have some self compassion when you do make the inevitable mistakes. Yeah, be be reflective, think through, monitor your triggers, and do better next time. That's all we can hope for. But yeah, be better next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any shout outs you got? Um, I'd like to shout out, gosh, we were talking earlier today. Dang, what were we even talking about? And I had a great thought about someone to shout out. And now (laughs) it's not occurring to me. Jamie, Jamie knows who she is. Jamie, thank you for helping me to be a better teacher. Thanks, Jamie. She knows. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, Jamie's a listener. Um, <laughs> she will. <laughs> otherwise, Jamie, Jamie has no clue that you just gave her credit for something. She's but, amazing. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you know, I I feel like I've done a lot of, of self-reflection in this book. And, you know, I, I want to give a, a shout out to... I'm not, I'm not being specific like you with Jamie, but I, I want to give a shout out to all these, the parents out there that have lost it with their childs mm-hmm. and have had these issues and have, you know, had these moments and these moments of self-doubt saying, God, am I a good parent? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Cause we've, we, all we've all had that thought. We've all done it. It's mm-hmm. all, it's all happened. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So I give, you know, I give it up to all these parents out there that are just, you know, trying their best and, you know, trying to make sure that their kid is, is doing the best that they can do. Listen, parents, our, our, our society doesn't do a great job preparing us to be parents or supporting us once we become parents. Yeah. Think about what's every the, what's picture... the school district doing. Like, why are they teaching kids to be better parents? 
Well, there are some reasons. It starts with the very first step of the parenting process. There's some resistance to presenting those ideas. But it's it, first of all, it's not your fault. So if if you've made those mistakes, I, I want you to start by forgiving yourself. And then I want you to grab this book and try to raise yes. some good humans. Grab this book, raise good humans. And thank you, Hunter, Hunter Clark fields yes thank you for writing this book this is a bad a book yes and she's got a podcast out there and tons of youtube videos you should totally check her out and she has no idea that we're totally (laughs) that we uh, talking her up and that we think that she's great so i'll see what i can do to get on her radar there you go yeah all right well it was a good time dude happy april fools i mean this is we haven't even mentioned this was an april fool what the whole podcast was a joke (laughs) we did not read the book (laughs) we faked the whole thing that's not true don't believe him no the book really is great it's (laughs) a great book the book is as great not an april fool not an april fool oh well my dude my dude okay it has been a pleasure likewise next time yes sir keep keep listening keep reading those things i'll I'll do what i can (laughs) (laughs) see you later later our podcast was originally recorded on zoom special thanks to skillsoul on pixabay for providing our intro and outro music if you've enjoyed this podcast uh please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider Follow us on Instagram at Two Dudes Review Books. Let us know what you think we should review. Keep reading, keep learning, keep growing, keep pursuing what's important to you, and keep listening to our podcast. Stay thirsty, my friend. <laughs> 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 <laughs>